0: So what exactly is a flywheel? So it, think of it as this really heavy, you know, 5,000-pound wheel that as you start to push, it's really slow to get going. So you give it a push, and it's like really, really push, and it gets one spin. Then it gets a little bit easier, and it goes to two, and then four, and then eight, and it just starts to pick up momentum. That's what a flywheel is, as it starts to pick up momentum. And a lot of people have said to me, Scott, the mortgage business is a lot like, you know, rolling a stone up a hill. You have to push and push and push, and then all of a sudden you get over the top and you're like, oh my gosh, hold on. And then these people come to me in my academy, and like, Scott, I can't keep up, I'm drowning. We find them assistance, we've got processes in place, and it's because they put the time in to push that stone up the hill. Uh, but we're gonna show you the quickest flywheel to get going the most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey Broker Nation, Scott Peckford here. Welcome to the Rookie Mortgage Broker Podcast. And today I'm actually going to play a recording from a training that we offer to our rookies in our Rookie Rockstar program. We have about 180 and counting training videos. And this is one that I wanna share with you. And it's called the $100,000 Flywheel. And it's basically the quickest way to build a $100,000 a year mortgage business. And where this idea came from was actually from a book called Good to Great, who put this in the hands of Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos used it and built the flywheel for Amazon, which is literally still the same flywheel that they use today. And I talk about how to create a flywheel for your mortgage business so you can rapidly scale and keep your decision making very simple. So check out this episode, I think you're really going to dig it. Also. In this episode, I talked to Kevin from KDK Financial about three other types of loans that they do other than autos. And this, some of the stuff is like, even I'm like, I can't believe you can do this. Like, is this legal? It is legal, but it's so surprising to me, even somebody who's been in the business a long time. So I think you'll enjoy that as well. Before I jump into that, I want to give a shout out to our title sponsor, FINMO. FINMO is a Canadian mortgage application document collection submission platform. It's designed specifically for Canadian borrowers. It's very easy to use. So as you're filling out the documents, it automatically knows what documents the client needs. So as they fill out the application, as soon as they hit submit, it sends them a list of documents. And you may not know this, but more clients are actually grabbing the documents, putting them together, fill out the application. And then if you immediately send them the document link, they'll actually start sending you the documents before you even talk to them, which is fantastic. Also, it's connected to Lender Spotlight, which is the best tool for searching rates and guidelines. You can check that out at lenderscom slash finmo. Also, if you wanna see this episode in video form and not in audio, you can go to our YouTube channel, I Love Mortgage Brokering. And we have the video there that you can check out. So check that out and check out these episodes. All right, in this video, I'm going to share with you the $100,000 flywheel and the fastest way that we have discovered to help you build a 100 dollars a year referral-based mortgage business. So in this video, I'm going to talk about where the idea came from. I'm going to show you some sample flywheels, including my own, and then I'm going to break down exactly the five steps that you need to do in sequence and why it's actually not just five steps. But I call it a plan like Bezos method. This is a workshop that I run that I've had hundreds of people go through it. But I'm giving you a version of this to just show you to make sense for where you're at right now in your business. So uh, Jeff Bezos, obviously the founder of Amazon, and so he's got a great quote. It says, a good recipe, be stubborn on the vision and strategy and flexible the details and tactics. And so, a plan like Basil's simple business planning exercise that captures your vision identifies the engine to accomplish that vision. Now, in this case, I'm actually going to give you the plan instead of saying go build one yourself. I'm actually going to give it to you. And I would normally, when I do this coaching, I just tell people figure it out for yourself. And often they're not actually flywheels or just sort of a mess. But in this case, because you guys are part of our brokerage, I'm actually giving you literally the blueprint for how to do it. So where the idea came from was actually from a guy named Jim Collins. And he did this book called Good to Great. And then I think it was like 2000s. And his whole thing was that why would some companies sort of take off and completely dominate their industries and others wouldn't? And one of the interesting things that Jim did was that he didn't just look at companies that succeeded. He found another parallel company that was basically the same because he did a ton of research on this. Companies were running along totally the same. And then all of a sudden, one company just accelerated like crazy. And so then what he did was he said, okay, well, that's interesting. And you can see it because these are publicly traded companies. They started to interview the executives. And they're like, okay, what's the one thing? What was the one thing that you did that, you know, was it a person you hired? Was it a new strategy, a new tactic? And in case after case, it was like, it was never just one thing. It was a series of really smart actions that created a momentum that basically propelled the company from this sort of flat line to amazing places. And so he had to come up with a framework or like a model for explaining this is, okay, it's not one thing, but it was a series of things. We call it a flywheel. So he talks about his book, Good to Great. And of course, Amazon, Jeff Bezos reads it. Says, this is fantastic. He invites Jim to come to teach this to his executives. And as smart people do, when they find a good idea, they don't just like think, oh, this is a good idea. They apply it. So immediately, Bezos is like, we need to create a flywheel for our business. So he comes, he does this little talk. And they created a flywheel that literally is still to this day, the exact same flywheel. And so I have a flywheel for my business and it's sitting on a sticky note. Literally it fits on a sticky note, my entire business plan. I can make decisions rapidly quick, just looking at the sticky note, Going, what should I do today? Oh, is it doing one of those things? Nope. Then I don't need to do it. And it is incredibly powerful. And I joke with people like I've, I had a guy who's got a very large mortgage company. I'm like, Hey, show my business plan. He's like, no, you don't want to do that. I'm like, dude, I don't care. Like, But the thing is, is that it, what it does is it gives you a framework for knowing what things to do, what things not to do. So what exactly is a flywheel? So it, it, think of it as this really heavy you know, 5,000-pound wheel that as you start to push, it's really slow to get going. So you give it a push, and it's like really, really, really push, and it gets one spin. Then it gets a little bit easier, and it goes to two, and then four, and then eight, and it just starts to pick up momentum. That's what a flywheel is, as it starts to pick up momentum. And a lot of people have said to me, Scott, the mortgage business is a lot like you know rolling a stone up a hill. You have to push and push and push. And then all of a sudden you get over the top and you're like, oh my gosh, hold on. Then these people come to me in my academy like, Scott, I can't keep up. I'm drowning. We find them assistance. We've got processes in place. And it's because they put the time in to push that stone up the hill. Uh, but we're going to show you the quickest flywheel to get going. So the thing about a flywheel, though, is that it's not just a list of things to do. Uh, you know, It's not like, hey, five things that would be great to do. What happens is each stage makes the next stage almost inevitable. So it's like, if you do this really well, then you can't help but this to happen. And if you do this really well, you can't help this to happen. So that's the key thing that most people miss. They just kind of pick five things that they like to do, four or five things. And that's not what works. And if you read, he does another little small book on this whole topic. And there's people that have used this same concept in, you know, nonprofits and schools. You can create a flywheel around anything. And now I think a business is the main flywheel is you know the center of it. And then you can also have like little mini. You know, wheels underneath those others that create almost like a clock. So if you think about like a clock that spins, so you got the main flywheel that spins, and then underneath it, the other things create momentum for each of those stages, which I'll show you in a sec. So as I said, it's not simply a list of things that are good to do. So let me explain to you the Amazon flywheel, and I'll explain my flywheel, and then I'm going to explain the flywheel that you're going to apply for the first year in your mortgage business, and this is going to be burned into your brain for the next hundred days because this is the simplest way for you to get there. Okay, so here's the Amazon flywheel. So at the center of their flywheel is client obsession. You know, you want to have be obsessed with our clients. Okay, so our first priority is lower price on more offerings. Okay. So if we do that, right, you almost can't help but increase customer visits, right? Because low prices, track people, increase customer visits. Then they decided, Hey, if we want to expand that more, why don't we attract third-party sellers? So one of the things that Amazon did before anybody else would even thought this was a good idea or even did it was they said, Hey, look, we'll compete with ourselves. You want to sell your stuff to our people. We don't care. Put them on our site, put your stuff on there. Because what is attracting more third-party sellers does what? Increases more site visits. So then the store starts to expand. So now there's more options. So Amazon, keep in mind, they were a book company. And now they're into the everything store. But so they started as a book company. And slowly, and the cool part about this, so you know, Toys R Us kind of made a mistake with letting Amazon run the back end of their They know what stuff's selling. So you know, this is where they say you don't compete with Amazon. When they see a product that's doing well, they're going to have it. And then they're going to crush you with it, right? So because they have the infrastructure, they have the warehouse, they know what stuff's being sold. And, you know, so I've no, I have friends of Ryan being one of me just to have an Amazon business at one time, but I digress. So in any case, low prices, then increase customer visits. And then you attract third party sellers because third party sellers are like, hey, I want to get in front of your customers. No problem. Your store expands. Then what happens? You increase efficiency and reduce costs. So that expands the same infrastructure cost doesn't go up, which means what you can do? Lower prices, which does what? Increase customer visits, which does what? Attract third party sellers, which does what? Your store expands. And so like Amazon Web Services, which is actually an incredibly profitable part of Amazon's business, they had to host all these servers. They got this massive website. It's like, we need servers, man. Why don't we build our own? And then they said, well, we can actually sell this. So it actually fits under number five there. It would actually fit as part of that flywheel because it's actually, not only is it, Increasing efficiency and cost, it's actually making them money. So it's making them money to do something they already want to do. And I love when they can do that. So I'll show you my flywheel and then I'm going to show you the flywheel that we're going to help have you install. So my whole thing is about client success. So we're all about like, okay, what's the simplest path to help people get up the mountain? They're trying to climb Everest. They don't want to spend two years at Basecamp. You know, that's what our success focus is. But so here's what I, do. I create engaging content. So through podcasts, primarily, although we're going to expand into YouTube, depending when you watch this, we're going to be into YouTube and other platforms. Why do I do that? I want to increase downloads. Why do I want to increase downloads? because it allows me to track coaches and mentors, which we have done, which then allows me to do what? Expand training and support. I bring people in that have skills that I don't have. I'm like, I don't know how to do that. You know how to do this. This is fantastic. I have a bunch of people that could use learn how to do this. And then what we do is I collect client stories. And so when I think of collecting client stories, I'm thinking for successes that we love to share, because if you listen to some podcasts, it's somebody who did some great things. But if it's not a success, it could also be a challenge that we learn from, and then we make our stuff better. So this is it. So if I create engaging content, I can't help but increase downloads by increase downloads. I can't help but attract coaches and mentors. I had a guy reach out to me, top 1% mortgage broker. Hey, can I come coach for you? I've heard great things. I'm like, I don't know, maybe what's your superpower. You know, then if I do that, I can't help but expand training and support because I don't have to come up with it at all. Right. And if I do that and I collect the client stories from it, you know, the stories of successes and the challenges that we learn from, I can't help but create more engaging content. So as you can see, you know, when I first put this together, I was doing about 2000 downloads a week of our podcast. Currently, 10 months later, so 11 months later, we're now at 6,500. So I focused on that. I'm like, okay, I'm dialed in on creating engaging content because what's happened, we've increased downloads. What's happened, we've attracted more coaches. We have a lineup of people that want to join our academy. Some of you have come to us from this. Then expand training and support. So what you're in right now, the brokerage is actually just part of number four. When I think about this, I'm like, okay, so how do we best support, you know, collecting client stories, running into situations where we see, okay, we teach you how to sell, but if we don't teach you how to convert and fund, you're going to struggle. Hmm. How do we fix that? Oh, I know. Let's create a brokerage. So under number four, that's why we created a brokerage because it was like, Hey, we've got to expand training and support, which then means go out and find a bunch of great team, which we've been doing and continue to do so that we can deliver that. And then of course, as you know, we collect your stories. I don't know if you know this, but we literally, everything we keep track of it. We want to, and a lot of just for our own internal, like, Hey guys, we're moving the thing in the right direction. And we also though reach out and call you and where are you getting stuck? You know, this whole revamp that we did of my training into this hundred day challenge came from talking to you guys and collecting stories and saying, hey, where are you at? Oh, you're getting confused. You're getting off track. I'm like, I know we need to make this thing like a rocket ship or it's literally step by step and you can't get lost. So that's why we did it that way. So here's your flywheel. And we're going to get into this more in upcoming calls. You're going to contact your network. We're going to show you how to do that. We're going to show you the methods that you can use to contact. The purpose of contacting your network is to build a list of realtors, right? Because realtors are the fastest way to get your business going. Then when you got the list of realtors, we're going to show you how to present to those realtors. We have something called our perfect realtor pitch, which has been absolutely killer at converting. You do that, you're going to generate referrals, right? If you conduct your network and if you do it the way we show, you can't help but build a list of realtors. You build a list of realtors and present to them, you can't help but generate referrals. And if you generate referrals and you do the method that we teach you with the how to convert and fund, you're going to create raving fans, which is going to do what? It's going to grow your network, which will grow your list of realtors. And literally within a very short period of time, we will get your business rocking and rolling. But that's it. So if you want to write anything down, you want to take a screenshot of this, click this somewhere. This is the plan. This is the game plan. You're going to see over the next hundred days, we're going to squeeze every possible opportunity out of that for you. And from there, remember I said rolling a stone up a hill, we found the quickest path up the hill with the stone. All right. So quick recap for you on this: how this is going to work. We're going to show you how to contact your network. We're going to give you a very specific script and plan for that. We're gonna show you how to use your network to build your list of realtors because that list is going to be critical for you to get your business going. Then we're gonna show you how to present to those realtors and when you have success, we're gonna show you how to get more out of those network contacts, so it's a virtuous circle. Then we're gonna show you how to generate referrals using Ryan's whole process, is absolutely killer at conversion and generating referrals. From that, you create raving fans which will then expand your network. That's it, that's all we do, five steps, and what you're gonna be doing every single day is one of those five things. So that's it, so we'll be seeing you in the next video. Write that down. We will be talking to you really soon. All right. Hopefully, you got some ideas from that $100,000 flywheel. Of course, you can build your own flywheel. The concept is the same. So the framework, Jim Collins does a mini book on flywheels, and he gives examples from people in education, from people in nonprofits, product-type flywheels, and it's all uses the same basic principles, and it's fantastic. I highly, highly recommend it. Go check that out and put a flywheel in place for your business. In this next segment, I'm going to talk to Kevin from KDK Financial about three other things you can do other than auto loans with KDK Financial. Hey, Kevin, welcome to Ask Experts.
1: Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me back.
0: So hey, if you guys don't know, Kevin is founder of KDK Financial, which is an auto finance, auto refinance company, which is amazing. And so today we're going to talk about three ideas when it comes to auto finance loans you probably haven't thought about. So why don't we jump into that? Why don't you give me kind of the first idea or thing that people are using you guys for that most
1: people are not thinking about? Yeah. So a big one that we do is removal of co-signer. So that's just a situation where you're running into a file and you see that your clients co for a family member or a friend or anybody really, and it's throwing off your debt servicing. What a lot of brokers don't realize is how easy it is to break up a co loan. It literally takes under two hours to do, and most clients auto-qualify. We've done files where you know your client had to co-sign for somebody last week and we were able to break up that co-sign loan it sounds a little crazy the fact that a client would need to co-sign for somebody and then 2 weeks later not but it's just the way that our banks are set up is that everything is system adjudicated so the computer system just follows an algorithm looks at the file and says hey that other person now has auto history and auto qualifies them. So just the fact that that trade line became. Yeah, outrageous. it's a
0: weird glitch in the matrix. So essentially somebody could technically, but so give me an example of other cases where people taking a cosigner off of an auto loan. What was the monthly payment? Because the thing about being co-signed is you're actually responsible, you guys know this mortgage brokers, you're responsible for the whole payment even if you're sharing the payment, even if you're not making the payment, even if somebody else is yeah. when you come to qualify. So give me an example of one and what the payment was and then what it was when you were done.
1: Yeah. So we do a ton of them. So the one that kind of made me kind of smile the most was just where the client literally co signed two weeks ago. Now, the fact that we got that done right away was crazy because when they went into the dealership, she had no auto history, just she had no credit bureau, whatever. And then when she took out the auto loan, she had a beacon score. She had auto history. The bank picked it up when we were done. On that one, there wasn't much of a reduction per se, just because the loan was so far. There's no
0: payment. Yeah. So, but for the co borrower, there was no payment now on the credit bureau. Yeah,
1: that was, I think it was like 540 bucks. It wasn't a very big loan, but that payment was then taken off the, the client's credit bureau. So it's really, really good when you're running into debt servicing issues. But the nice thing about us is that obviously we pay you guys for business. So even if you see a situation where the client doesn't necessarily have to be broken up from a cosign loan, you're doing them a good service by providing them the option to do it. On the exit interview, and we process it very quickly. So that one, again, the payments didn't really change. But quite often, we're dealing with cosign situations where the loan's been active for a year or two. Yeah. So not only can we break up the cosign loan, but we can also give the other individual significant savings on their monthly payment. So everybody's happy, everybody wins.
0: Right, right. Sometimes it's just you need to remove somebody. Sometimes it's also we can adjust the payment. Uh, Yeah, I think that's awesome. And okay, what would be the second idea that when it comes to auto loans that you're seeing brokers do with your guys' service, my listeners could copy if they like?
1: So commercial lending has been a big one. It's really big in Alberta um, and Saskatchewan. We haven't done, well. we've done a few in Ontario too, but uh, that's just when you discover that your client is self-employed and they want to just move the loan into the company. That's another way to take the monthly obligation completely off the client's personal credit bureau is we just move it directly to the company. And those are quite easy to qualify for too. The only real requirement is that they've been in business for at least two years and that they can provide financials for the company that show enough strength to cover the loan. So that's a really good one because when clients go into the dealership to finance a truck, even sometimes in their personal name or co-sign with the company, either situation, it still shows up on the bureau. So the fact that you can remove that completely is a win.
0: Right. And typically when somebody comes in, like we're talking about removal of cosigner, depending on credit, you need income on those or what happens in those cases? So sometimes you do or sometimes you don't.
1: Yeah. So most of the time we don't. So 90%. Right. Of- but on the
0: commercial ones, you will need to have some because like, there's a bit more adjudication. But as a mortgage broker, it's going to seem like a joke to a mortgage broker. What like, what is that mean? <laughs> just how much easier it is compared to what you need to get a mortgage funded so there's yeah. a little bit more paperwork involved, but you're right. If you've got somebody who hasn't, you know, the contract with the truck in their personal name, screwing up with their debt servicing, you know, put it in the company. And then if I'm a broker, this is my client. What do you provide to me so that I can provide to my lender to say, Hey, look, this is what's happened. What's that look like?
1: So we, if it's a loan transfer, like to company or removal, co-signer that situation, we send you a copy of the payout check showing that the loan's been closed in full. That seems to mm-hmm. be enough. If we need to send them a copy of the bill of sale showing that we bought the vehicle from the client, we do that as well. Because essentially that's what we're doing. We're not marking it up or anything like that, but say it was a $40,000 loan. We're buying the vehicle from the client for 40K and selling it to the company for 40K or the other co-signer or whatever. So we could provide a copy of the bill of sale saying that we're taking ownership and then we can provide a copy of the payout check. Is there any there. tax
0: involved in that or is there no tax involved?
1: No. Like, uh, when we're doing a removal of co-signer, there's no tax. No tax, no fees.
0: What um, about when you're going from a personal name to a commercial, is there tax?
1: That one is GST applicable if it's not a co sign situation. So if they're on with the company already, and then we're just removing the individual, then there's no tax. Um, right. But if it's okay. good to know. personal name to the company, is GST applicable, but they can claim that and get it back anyway. Or that can
0: way. they? And can they add it to the loan? So like Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's always right. added to the loan. Yeah, exactly. So right. Okay. So like,
0: but technically you could trigger GST here. But again, if it's the difference between buying a property or not, like, you know, do the math, basically. And if it's makes sense, it's just, again, it's a tool for you guys that you can use if it makes sense. What would be the kind of the last idea, that creative idea that you've seen people use with your guys' service?
1: So by far the most creative, and I'm loving it because I think it's the future of the company, is co-branding. So what KDK Financial eventually wants to be is just the underwriter for the mortgage industry. That's kind of the design of the company. So we just want you to do your own auto loans and we'll just process the paperwork and just get it funded for you and get you all the paperwork that you need. But that's the real goal of the company. So we've got a lot of partners that are co-branding with us. So, for instance, it would be, um, you know, BRX Auto Financing or TMG Auto Financing or whatever the company is. They're providing their own marketing material and stuff like that. The only thing that we require when we co-brand with a brokerage is that they use our powered by KDK logo in any social media posts or any marketing. And my business development manager, Chris, can send that to them. And it's been working really well because what's happening is it's creating conversations with new people that they wouldn't have conversations with if they didn't do it. So yeah, you'll advertise that, hey, not only do you do mortgages, but now you do auto loans. They hit their database, they do whatever they want to do. And they get leads from it. And what happens is you'll get the car lead, right? And you'll get paid on the car lead. But the mortgage brokers that do a really good job is they actually get mortgage referrals out of it because they're getting conversations from people they wouldn't be talking to if they didn't market this. And they're developing that, hey, you know, you're renting because they're having first contact with the client, right? So they build a relationship and possibly get a mortgage out of it as well.
0: Right. Okay. So you guys listening to this, I want to give you an idea right now that literally, you could make a bunch of money. Email your database. So here's what I would do: is just say, "Hey, we now offer auto financing loans." You know, "Hey Bob, here we offer. Here's some use cases that people could use. A, you want to look at lowering your payment. B, you need to remove a cosigner, or you know, change the ownership of a car, or C, even potentially take cash out of a car. These are all examples of things that we can help you with. Reach out if I can help. Or four, if you're buying a car. So four different scenarios. You send that out to your. If you have a list of you know, three, 400 people, I guarantee you, you're going to get conversations started. And then they already trust you with the biggest debt of their life. You know, these are clients. So getting the smaller debt is going to be easy. Like, you know, they'll be like, Oh, great. Awesome. How does it work? Right. And so you guys listening, if I still had a database of clients, I would do this for sure. I would for sure send this to them. And that goes back to kind of co-branding, but also that's just not even social media. That's just like direct response copy that
1: I would send. And we have yeah. lots of examples too that we can send. If we do get a broker that's interested in getting more information on that, I'll just tie them up with my uh, business development manager. Yeah, and you uh, can use
0: like a case study or like, a, it's always good to tell a story. Hey, look, give me an example.
1: Even better, he's yeah. got templates that already designed that other mortgage brokers have already been using, right? So right. you're right. Two you ways to do it, tackle the database with really well-written yeah. kind of- uh, How Okay, how do they, uh,
0: what's the email to get that?
1: So you'd want to contact Chris and his email is finance at kdkfinancial.com
0: right okay finance at kdk financial and you guys get those templates and do it and then send me a note let me know how it goes like so if you guys are listening to this i want to hear like do this to your list and then they can tell me how it went i love this so basically just a quick recap removal of co is something that people are using it for right sometimes it's pretty quick right after a loan is written commercial lending so that's where you're moving it from a personal to a company because it makes more sense. And then finally, co-branding. And co-branding can be done in social media, it can be done in your database, it can be done. And if you want, reach out to Chris, you said, right? Chris Chris, at finance at kkfinancial.com and they can help you out, plus you guys pay. So the other thing is that, A, there's a lot of cool things you can do with this, but they also pay you. So how does the pay work for a broker just as we wrap this up?
1: Yeah. So any file that's over thirty thousand dollars for the finance contract pays the which is pretty much mostly all of your files, right? Most of them, yeah, pays the broker five hundred bucks. But we do get small ones too. So anything you know from twenty to thirty grand will pay the broker two fifty, and that's kind of our minimum. We don't really do loans under twenty k. So it's either going to be five hundred for loans over thirty or two fifty for loans under thirty grand.
0: And you guys do cars, boats, trailers, RVs. Basically, if it's got a VIN number, if it's got a VIN, you're in. (laughs) Like, yeah. that's, that's, <laughs> I, there you I go that's got a van. you're in so yeah. awesome man Kevin great chat with you man and I'm telling you Mortgage Broker I know that we did a show with you recently and you guys have been just blowing up in terms of people reaching out and brokers going man where was this six months ago and I totally think that this is a product that is absolutely perfect for our market for the TDS challenges that we're currently facing so thanks man no problem thank you all right, thanks again for listening. Hopefully, you guys got some ideas, were inspired for your mortgage business. A couple of quick things first if you're a rookie, go check out our rookie to rockstar.ca. We've got a, a very planned out, specific program for rookies. We help them find and fund their first 10 mortgages. And we do that by breaking it into three segments there's finding business, which is step one. There's converting clients, which is step two. You got to learn out of that client conversation. And then there's funding mortgages, which is step three, which is about the underwriting. And so our rookies have funded hundreds of millions of dollars, even in just the 15 months we've been open. So go check that out, rookie to rockstarca And I hope to see you on one of these uh, upcoming podcasts. Maybe you get your mortgage business going and I'll have you on here. and We'll be talking about all the great things that you're doing. Thanks again. And we will see you soon.